1: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
2: The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is.
1: Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: An epic matchup between your two favorite teams and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance, stop by the lounge, now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at AmericanExpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply.
3: Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like a full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com slash sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. All from TireRack.com. TireRack.com. It's the way the tire buying should be. Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get
4: this party started. You're listening to Fox
3: Sports Radio. Up America? Doug Gottlieb Show. Fox Sports Radio. Broadcast live from the Tyrac.com studios. Tyrecom will help you get there. Unmatched selection, fast free shipping, free roadhouse protection. Over ten thousand recommended installers. Tyrecom—the way tire buying should be. We'll get to Aaron Rodgers. He was on with Pat McAfee. He uh, cleared the air about his four-day darkness retreat. We'll discuss that. Um, I, I, you know, like it feels like a yearly tradition. Unfortunately but I'm gonna say it because I have the platform to say it, which is this, Um, what happened to Michigan State last night is more than tragic, but it's also, on many levels, preventable. I don't profess to have all of the answers. I have opinions, I have thoughts on things that I would do, but I continue to sit here and tell you that we keep doing the same thing in government in regards to these issues. And we expect a different result that, by definition, is insane, insane. Um, And the reason that. The the reason that this one strikes close to home, um, maybe not as poignant as Sandy Hook did. But college campuses, by and large, have always been safe havens. I don't know where you went to college. You know, it was in more of an urban area and a tough city. You know, there are some of these schools are great schools are in tough side of the tracks. The, the two schools I went to, um, one was a private school set aside in uh, part of South Bend, Indiana. The other one is in a small town of Stillwater, Oklahoma. I just felt like they were safe havens. And when something like this happens, um, it makes no one feel safe. No one feel comfortable and completely changes any of your experience with your university. I'm, I'm a believer in college and college athletics. And at some point, Michigan State basketball and the rest of the athletic department will return. And it, it should be a positive force in the community. But man, uh, this is a, a terrible and tragic story. But unfortunately, one which we've heard before, and because we don't seem to be really attempting true change, it does feel like at some point, it'll happen again. And I just think that's insane. You know, I just think that's insane. And what I've always said is this, Hey, if you, if the status quo is working for you, you you shouldn't be representing the voters of your district or of the United States status quo is not working. Our super week set last week, which was phenomenal. Phenomenal. look great. And we'd like to thank ViewSonic for decking our set with 30 TVs. Um, Yeah, Ramos, I brought two back for you. They're in my truck of my car. Anyway, these monitors were slick, and they helped make Fox Sports Radio set the best one in Phoenix. It wasn't really close. See the difference with ViewSonic, and check out the goods at ViewSonic.com. So we put to bed 2022 with the 2023 playoff season and we get ready for the offseason. And among the big questions of the offseason are, does Aaron Rodgers continue to play? And if he plays, does he play for the Packers? He does a weekly spot um, with Pat Pat McAfee, Pat McAfee Show, and he used that forum, used that platform to discuss his upcoming darkness retreat. Take a listen. Listen, I'm not in my darkness retreat yet. What?
4: Oh, yesterday. What? Nope. This thing has been planned for about four months, and it was always the same date, always the end of this week. Oh, So wow. anybody with knowledge to the opposite of that, it's fake news. Whoa. So Whoa. let me just reiterate one more time. There's an inner circle, right? And in my inner circle, nobody talks to Ian Rappaport, oh. to Adam Schefter, what? or to any of those people. Okay. So, if you're one of those people who's talking to those people, it's a great reminder for you, you're not in the inner circle. Oh! Damn. And if anybody else is out there saying stuff, or if they're just making it up, which is also, those are both likely, to stop with the fake news. Okay. So, hey, I speak for myself. Yep. And I will continue to do that. I'm not upset about it. Like it's the okay. classic uh, media, you know, trying to be first, not trying to be right. And. The problem is there's a slippery slope. So let me just remind everybody out there listening. When somebody says something, whether it's Ian Rappaport, Bradham Adam Schefter, Biden. Okay. Joe Biden, well, all right. Biden, Donald Trump, <laughs> yeah. uh, all right, what? Anthony Fauci, oh, what? Okay, here we go. Joe Rogan, myself, hey, anybody, Biden. question it. If it's
3: legitimate, it can stand up to questioning. It, listen, it's a, it's a great way of, of showing you his position. And in many ways, I think that's kind of at least, uh, our generation, right? Jay Stu, is that, is that fair? Like, it does feel like that's a very, our generation specific. It's like, um, like we're the conspiracy theorist generation. That That's who we are.
5: Uh, yeah. Okay. I'll, uh, I, I need to know where you're going here. The uh, our generation do question things. Look in my childhood,
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. That we 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 question things that we've been told, and and a lot of it we question for a real reason. It's like the the reason that that we question baseball players' legitimacy when they hit home runs and look like monsters is because in the past we've been duped by steroid guys, right? So the reason that we are a conspiracy theorist generation is because there have been things that have been hidden from us. You know, there have been things. I mean, I think in my lifetime it began with the movie JFK, where all of a sudden I was like, "Wait a second, magic bullet." You know, now some of the stuff has been dis- has been proven inaccurate, um, but there's just the, the thought that hey, between Area 51, JFK, the moon landing. You know, that there's these there's these conspiracies out there to dupe the public. And we're the generation out. We were brought up in this generation to question things, whereas it did feel like previous generation, like our parents generation. They kind of took it as law. They believed the authorities. They believed people. And 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 I don't actually think it's as much our issue as it is, you know, the powers that be because we have been lied to in the past. I just – I think that th- there's a certain reality to, hey, some conspiracies, it would involve so many people. Somebody would have talked by now. But I just think that he's laying out, hey, this is who I am. I'm somebody who questions everything. And there's a there, there's an honest part to the end, which is really important, which is like, hey, look, if it's legitimate, it will stand up to questioning. And I think that that's fair. I just think at some point you can't question everything. it was like the Kyrie Irving thing, like really are going to question flat earth? I think he said that as like an exercise in – not taking people's word for it. The problem is that some of these things are scientific facts that have been proven time and again, you know, with proper experimentation.
5: Yeah. I think, I think, uh, the whole COVID 19 situation, um, even took those things that are like scientifically proven and some people were calling them into question. So I think everything's in play now. Um, I, I do like the theory, uh, that you have given me off air on this for Aaron Rodgers thing that he's, he's basically calling out somebody within the Packers who's leaked this information that this retreat has already started. Um, And maybe if you want to go conspiracy on us, maybe he planted that information with somebody with the Packers to see who the, who the rat was.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that's, I think that's possible. I also think that, I think that there's two different elements to it. I think he believes somebody who either was previously in his inner circle or likes to act like he's in his circle has leaked some of this stuff. And then and then conversely, I do think that he believes that the Packers have put some of this stuff out there. And I think they have as well. You know, it's like, uh, how many reports did we see about would the Packers be? Yeah, uh, they'd be open to maybe moving him or be open to keeping him. And as he said, I haven't said anything to anybody. My inner circle doesn't say anything. So what he's saying is all that information about where he stands with the Packers has to come from the Packers. It doesn't come from me. Yes, Dan Byer.
6: To me, he sounds like that eight year old kid that just says, But why? But why? Yes. yes. But why? Yes. But why? Like, just that's what it sounds like to me. Yes. Yes. And then after a while, I'm just like, Shut up, kid. You know, like, okay, I, 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 I no, it's I because don't.
3: you, no, you're, you're forgetting your son isn't old enough yet. Oh. You know, you explain, you explain, you explain. And then at some point, you just look at him and go, because I said so.
6: No, but no, but the kid is being saying that as well because he knows he's being a smart ass. Like ah, that, yeah. that's that's part of it. And and so that's what so that's also the part of what Aaron Rodgers does of cuz he's no he knows what he's he knows what he's doing. And and you know, he was he, he he tried to make it sound like he was fair and balanced, you know, by using all of the different uh ranges on the political spectrum. Um, but that's you know a part of of the whole of the whole deal. Yes. So that's 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 how he came across to me of just.
3: Well, he always he always comes across that way, and like I I honestly think that a portion of the reason that the Packers have put out there and and look even how we cover what the Packers say isn't truly fair to the story because sure. they've said we'd love to have him back, but if he doesn't want to come back and he wants to keep playing. Like, we'll figure it out. Right. But what's the headlines are Packers would be, you know, would be open to a trade or whatever, you know, but, but I, I think that one of the reasons that they've allowed that out there is that there's a lot of teams are like, look, I'd love to have Aaron Rodgers, but gosh, he's a pain in the ass because of exactly what you're saying. The questioning everything is, okay, wait, we're in a meeting. And this is how we want to play this weekend. And we have to explain to Aaron Rodgers why we're doing everything we're doing. I, I, I get it. Like, you know, when you coach kids now, you got to coach the why. Because, you know, you got to tell them why, not what. But there does come to a point to which, like, I don't have the time to explain everything and the, the, the reason behind everything. So um, I think that what you're getting at is right, in that a lot of people take it that way, including teams in the NFL that are sitting there going, would I rather have Aaron Rodgers or Jimmy Garoppolo? Well, I'd rather have Aaron Rodgers. On the other hand, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to cost me less money, and he's not going to constantly, constantly be asking me why. And oh, yeah, by the way, um, he's not going to have a weekly uh, YouTube hit where he's going to do what say and do whatever he wants to do, and we can't control the message. That's unhealthy healthy for our organization. I would guess that most of the teams in the NFL would love to have him as a talent, but the, it's all the other stuff which is pushing them away.
6: Yes, yeah, and the whole point of the you know the in the insiders and who says what? What about you know what about the Jets leaking some of that information or sending it to someone or saying yeah you know like in our conversations with Green Bay, they sound like they may, may want to move him. Like that, that's how something like that could have also come out. No question. So.
3: No question. You, you bring up a great point. Like, I, like, you don't think that these, I think the Niners were one of the ones that set in, set into motion some of this stuff last year where they leaked out, like, hey, we'd be interested in Aaron Rodgers, you know, which, which is, is you know, is something that, that can cause a rift because Aaron Rodgers sits there and goes, like, wait, that, their team's better than ours. That's my favorite team growing up. It's closer to home. They treat their players better, blah, 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 blah.
0: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
5: Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up, picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds you know, the basketball nerds are like, you know, watch Creighton. You do watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not, never the, gonna, not, the, not the Big East tournament? Well, I mean, they could, maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But, like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. Nicole. Like, that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams. was Creighton is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. that. Like, that's why do we all have to act like Creighton?
3: I legit get excited to have Mark Dominic on. Just, I learned so much. 20 years in the NFL, front office of scouting, general manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll get to him in a, in a moment. Um, got some Kyrie stuff for you. LeBron didn't play. Lakers lost. Got college hoops tonight. Oh, and then I, I saw this. Um, so the Eagles have now lost their offensive coordinator, and their defensive coordinator, all within the last 48 hours after losing the Super Bowl, uh, Jonathan Gannon is the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Gannon, of course, uh, was the you know was the architect of that defense. Is 40 years old. They were a top 10 defense in his first year, and they were ranked number two in the league this year. Granted, didn't play against great competition. In comparison to others and if we're honest the defense i mean they couldn't stop anything in the second half of that super bowl but they went from allowing 26 points per game that's 20th in the league to 22.7 points per game 18th in the league and then 20.2 points per game this year eighth in the league um they had to be you, you can't help but say they were helped by having outstanding personnel but it appears it appears that the plan would be plan would be hire a guy whose defensive side can concentrate on that, run the team. And then they're going to have to find some sort of quarterback guru, somebody specifically to work uh, with Kyler Murray. And it's interesting because right. The last head coach that they had was offense. This head coach is defense. Both are young. Gannon's only 40 years old. So, um, and remember, you know, the, the, the Cardinals talked to Sean Payton, talked to Brian Flores, talked to Dan Quinn. Uh, Flores and Dan Quinn, both defensive minds. So it does on some level appear to be, hey, that's the way in which they were leaning. Right, we'll get the thoughts of Mark Dominic in a second. First, let's get the thoughts of Dan Byer, who's back off the road. Doug, I'm not sure
6: if Wikipedia was hiring disgruntled Eagles fans, but I sent out a tweet that was a snapshot of Jonathan Gannon's Wikipedia page that basically just ripped him to shreds for their performance in Super Bowl 57. I know it's Jonathan Gannon's day and I shouldn't rain on the parade, um, but the Wikipedia portion, which I'm sure uh, is going to be changed because there were typos, uh, ripped him to shreds. At the Empire on Fox is where you can see that. Gannon will get a five-year deal to be the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals. And as you mentioned it, Eagles losing both of their coordinators. Colts officially announced Shane Steichen is their head coach. The Ravens have found an offensive coordinator, comes in the form of Georgia O.C. Todd Monken, who leaps from the college game to the NFL. Georgia filled Monken's uh, spot on their staff with Mike Bobo, the former Bulldogs quarterback, will have his second stint as the O.C., at Georgia. The official participants of All-Star Weekend will be unveiled tonight, but it's being reported that the Celtics' Jason Tatum and Blazers guard Damian Lillard will join the likes of Tyler Hero and Tyrese Halliburton in the three-point shootout, and Tiger Woods will tee it up Thursday at Riviera at the Genesis Invitational, his first event since playing in the Open Championship last summer. I'm excited to go out there and compete and play with these guys, and I would not have put myself out here if I didn't think I could beat these guys and, and win the event. And those guys include the likes of Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas. That's who Tiger will be paired with in the first two rounds of the tournament just down the road at Riviera. They'll tee off Thursday in first-round play at 3.04 Eastern time. Doug, back to you.
3: Thanks, uh, thanks, Dan. Awesome stuff. Doug Gottlieb, Show Fox Sports Radio. Mark Dominic joins us. Um, he's joined us weekly throughout the season, and we just – we love having him We learned so much from him. 20 years in front offices and scouting. General manager of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as, as part of that journey. And um, just overall, Mark, thoughts on the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was certainly entertaining. It was amazing to see Patrick
7: battle through a legitimate injury where you're actually trying to get the tape on his leg and try to reshoot him up, try to get it back out in the second half. And he looks actually better playing the second half than he did the first half, which was a surprise. It was a, a Super Bowl that obviously everybody looked at the final play or the final penalty and said, you know, that's a no call. Here's here's the way I look at that. Um, if there was instant replay and you could re- review any play in the National Football League and you reviewed that play and hey, that's the play I want to review, I think you'd still have to call it a penalty, even though I think it's ticky-tack. And if the ball would have been thrown in that direction, I don't think the flag would have come out. But the problem is you could give up call either way. But I look at that as – you know the Chiefs beat the Eagles on two scoring plays that were the exact same plays, just switched over to a different position or a different side of the field. You know the, the, the Eagles had the bad punt that cost them tons of field position, and Kansas City obviously capitalized on that terrible punt with the great return. And the Eagles turned the ball over for a touchdown. So it's not that play. You know the Eagles lost this game to me, and Kansas City took advantage of it.
3: I would I would agree on all parts. I think the only part, and and I would actually. You know, I didn't like the call in Cincinnati just because it didn't affect the play. It was a push. It was like a barely out of bounds. Like, what are we doing here? You know, yeah. on this one, at least it affected a play. And whether or not that was a catchable ball or not, that that, that affected a play and you know, a guy's ability to get open. But I do agree that it's ticky tack, especially. And I thought there was good context given where, hey, the whole game, it's the Super Bowl officiating. You let things go. And now you're going to call a penalty? I think that's where they get themselves in trouble is there's this sense that Super Bowl officiating is very, very lax. Let the players decide. Let's not, you know, muddy up this gigantic uh, audience with penalties they don't know anything about. And now you call one, and even though it's a legit penalty, it feels different because the rest of the game was officiated differently.
7: Yeah, I agree. It was a fairly quiet game for the most part, and it felt like a good game. You know, it's sad that towards the end of the game we've seen a couple plays back-to-back. That's great for Kansas City, but, um, you know, it's it, it still was a very entertaining game uh, and still came down to, you know, a guy that actually got to live out his childhood dream. Not many of us actually get to do what we've ever, you know, your dream is, is being Harrison Bucker and being like, oh, one day I want to kick the game. We field still go in the Super Bowl, and he actually got to do it. Uh, I think that's a pretty amazing statement.
3: Um, a couple of couple things that do get lost in it. Shouldn't the, shouldn't the Chiefs have gone for two when they're up seven? I thought about that. I
7: thought about that, but you also, you know, and you can do that and you can kind of make sure you put the game away and so, or at least try to put the game away. So I thought that was logical, but then you're also saying, you know, what's, what is the likelihood they score and get the two point conversion versus what if they go the opposite way and now they score and they're like, hey, what's the win? And this way, you know, you can't be in a position to lose with the extra point. And so it's a two way street. I mean, obviously our offense was clicking. It would have made some sense to me because I did, I actually considered it at the moment, but then. My mind said, you know, make it an eight-point game. Uh, no one's going to really debate that too much because you just don't know. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I understood it, but I did, it did contemplate.
3: Yeah, the only, the only factor I would have helped push me in that place is that they have the best red zone offense in the league. And, you know, the, la- the, the two plays they scored on in the red zone, as you said, I never see walk-in touchdowns, you know, inside hmm. the 10-yard line. And I saw two of them in the Super Bowl. I, I can't remember seeing that ever before. No, it's shocking. I mean, it was like,
7: you know, and it's the same play just reversed the other side of the field with a different look, a a little bit different formation, but obviously that shows you the beauty of advanced scouting and coaching. They saved that play. They saved it and they had a way to rerun it again that they were able to take advantage of twice, but they saw that on tape, but they knew that there was going to be probably a communication gap or communication error there, and they waited until they needed it in the red zone and they got it and, you know, Sky Moore's in with the touchdown and it's a four-yard catch and there's no one near him. Same with Tony, so it's a it's a great job by coaching, and it shows you that there is value
3: in coaching still at every level. Um, how much of that defense's collapse in the second half? I mean, Pat Mahomes had one incomplete pass in the second half, and that's when he dirted a ball because he didn't like to look. How much of that would have given you pause on hiring him in Arizona? Uh, not enough. I think
7: I think Johnson's going to be a really good head coach in National Football League. You know, obviously Mahomes got hot. I think the unsung hero of the game is the Kansas City offensive line. I don't think they get near enough credit. you got to remember, this is the same team as, as you know, Doug. When we watched them play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and just kind of get obliterated, uh, their offensive line got abused in that game. And, and that's where Shaq Barrett and Sue and all those guys just came through and just pounded them. Well, you got to give a lot of credit to Brett Beach, obviously the coaching staff, but they went in there and changed all five guys within two years. I mean, you know, Creed Humphrey, when they drafted him in the second round, they drafted Trey Smith in the fifth round. They went outside signed Joe Dooney to the highest paid guard in the national football league. They made the huge trade for Orlando Brown. And then they had, you know, Wiley or Lucas Nay, who they drafted as well. So this is a group of guys that, you know, when you try to replace all five guys and it works, it's hard to do. So that is a big piece of why I thought they had some success in the second half is that they just dominated the line of scrimmage.
3: Mark, um, what do you think happens with the Eagles moving forward in that? Look last, this past year, unbelievable team great energy and by all accounts really well coached you lose both coordinators I'm more concerned with offense only in that you you know Shane Steichen and I know that his offensive style changed when he was with the Chargers for a short period of time he called plays it was for Phillip Rivers and now obviously he had to change to fit Jalen Hurts but that thing all worked together I, I almost feel like Uh, Somebody else, you know, you ever gone to somebody else's house and tried to operate, you know, their TV, their remote control? Kind of feel that's a possibility with Philadelphia. Keep in mind, they played an easy schedule this year. The likelihood is that's not repeated. They'll play the hardest schedule in the NFC. You know, it's always hard to come back from a Super Bowl loss. And all new coordinators, what do you think happens in Philadelphia? Yeah, I think
7: because of the young talent there and the group of guys that they have, I think they're in really great shape. And I think that based off of Jalen Hurts, not only through the postseason, but the Super Bowl, I think I pay him. I think I go ahead, even though it's only year three, I just don't see anything why I wouldn't pay Jalen Hurts to be the franchise quarterback. And when you've got that guy, uh, everything looks good. They've got great draft picks still in front of them with multiple ones and other picks. And, yeah, he's lost some coordinators, and, and it is it is difficult, and he has designed to play or a team you know, that's done a great job with the offense and with Jalen Hurts himself. But I think you can mimic that. I think you'll be able to find somebody that's kinda of going to take the same playbook within the organization probably and be able to run the same stuff that we've just seen because it was so successful. So I look at the Eagles as, you know, they're still going to be a battle next year with the Cowboys in terms of winning the division, I personally think. Uh, but I do think they both will continue to stay above where the Giants are going to end up because I think the Giants still have a lot of work to do with that roster. Uh, I think it's going to be exciting offseason, but I think the big thing that's going to happen is I think he'll see a Jalen Hurts contract.
3: Yeah, they got Jalen Hurts contract, you got Lamar Jackson's contract. I know this time of year, obviously with your connections within the league, everybody starts talking. What do you think? I mean, we know they're going to franchise him, but franchising means, okay, for a period of time you can still negotiate you know, an extension or potentially move him. What What, what are you hearing? What are your senses say is going to happen in Baltimore?
7: Yeah, I think that the, they'll continue to talk to him. And I think when the Jalen Hurts contract comes through, because I think they'll play patience now and just kind of see what Jalen gets and just use one more contract to put in front of Jalen Hurts and his team or himself and his mother and you know other people that are advising him and saying, look at all these contracts. You keep pointing to one contract. I can point to seven of these quarterbacks that are all in the same spot. All of that success, a lot of them have been to the Super Bowl, and none of them have gotten guaranteed contracts. So you keep pointing to the one outlier. I keep pointing to seven other normal contracts. So until you get to the normal contract, we're just going to keep playing this franchise. And the way you can get out of this, and this is what I'd say to Lamar, too. You know If you really want this fully guaranteed contract and you know we can't do it, the only way to get there is to do what Kirk Cousins did. And that means you've got to play it all the way through. And so you've got yeah. two more years. Two, two
3: years. And two of the more franchise. years to go be a free agent to 31 other clubs. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's interesting. You know, he's only played 10 games each of the past two years. Yeah, and you know the, like, the likelihood of of remaining healthy the way he plays, I don't know. It's going to be going to be really he should, interesting. He uh, should take the money, Doug. He should get hire an agent at one percent
7: and get the best structure you can get. And, and 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 again, you know, some people like agents, some people don't. I'm a fan of it, especially for your you know your big second contract. You know, there's a chance, and I've said this before, but there's a chance you could you could do a five year deal for two fifty, uh, and in four years, let's say his body doesn't work and you know he earns one one eighty of it. He could do a five year deal at two fifty, and uh, he gets it. You know the, you know without help from agent he might earn one thirty from it. You know and so to pay an agent, you know three or four million dollars to help you earn an extra twenty or thirty million dollars is worth it. Uh, and I think that's what's hurting him because he's not playing the game the way it's to be played in terms of the leverage he had this summer to push it as far as they did. And Baltimore came through, and I think if he would have been more flexible, they'd have got a deal that might have been a little bit better than what Baltimore offered. Uh, but it was not improbable in terms of what he's looking for.
3: I c I couldn't agree with you more and my NFL friends have said the same. It's it's really interesting. It's like it's like look, you know, I mean I, I don't know if you know how to change the oil in your car. Like I can change the oil in my car. There's yep. a certain level of car where you're like, Yeah, or a certain level of issue with the car which like, I'm not doing that myself, I'm taking it to an expert. That's that that's where that's where you are here.
7: You know, <laughs> that's kind of where I'm like, I can do, I can do a lot of things. I used to roof
3: houses when I was really
7: young and stuff like that. When you get to complex electrical, I'm like, I'm not going to take a chance. Like I'm going to hire somebody that knows exactly where these things are going to go and how I don't kill myself. And I, I'm willing to pay for that. And I think this is one of things <laughs> your point. It's worth paying for.
3: Is, is there, I wonder about Aaron Rodgers in this, in that no one knows what he wants, what he's going to do. But what's the market actually like for him? Because as a player, I think everybody thinks he's still got a ton left in the tank. But between the buy language, basically having his own platform to comment on whatever he wants, whenever he wants, the idea it's probably a one or two year proposition if he even if he decides that he wants to play somewhere else. I just I, I wonder that this in spite of his immense talent that still remains, what the appetite is like for him versus the Garoppolo's of the world, and some of the others that are out there that are not the players but, one, won't require the type of assets traded, two, won't require the money, and three, aren't a collective pain in the ass the way that he is. Yeah, you know, part of me thinks that every year uh, I think he's enjoying
7: this, you know, woe is me. I heard Green Bay might be shopping me. I'm not sure what I'll do. i got to go to my deep, dark cave and hang out, and then I'll figure things out. I think he just enjoys that kind of, like, whatever nomadic existence that uh, makes him feel like he's uh, got the control the, here. The, the thing is, I just don't think anybody could, could trade for him. Cause I just, again, I don't feel like green Bay is going to let him go. He's either not going to play football or he's going to play for the Packers. It's too big of a cap hit. People don't like getting fired. They'll get fired if they get rid of him. They know that I know that. And so therefore I just, I think that's going to be one of those things where it's going to have to stay this way with him in green Bay. Sorry about that. I got that plane flying overhead, Doug, but um it's got to stay the same way with him in Green Bay, where I think that he's just going to stay there within the organization. And, you know, as much as it might be a great fit for the Jets, and I think it is, I just don't think the Jets are going to be able to pull the trigger because I don't think Green Bay is ever going to put him out there for offer. I'll be shocked. If he does, Doug, we'll jump on. I'll eat my crow. But I just think he stays the Packers.
3: Yeah, I, I, it's it's fascinating. The the cap hit thing, I mean, and, and look, to, to Green Bay's defense – like what do you really want us to do? We gave you the biggest contract in the league. Like what 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 more do you want? And if you wanted like some of these guys that we got to get rid of, none of whom there's a clamoring for in the league, if you wanted them, you also could have taken less money. Like you kind of had control of 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 this thing. Um okay, so if he's not the most wanted asset out there, quarterback out there. If you were back in your role as GM and you need a quarterback, take Tampa, take you know, Indy, take ever. who's the guy who you would have first on the whiteboard in your office? Well, I'm going to take the draft out of it, uh, but I think that the draft, I think the
7: funny thing is that we're going to watch is as, as you see this play out, Doug, you realize every club that wants to compete with Patrick Mahomes or Joe Burrow or wants to compete with the Jalen Hurts or, a, you know, a Dak Prescott or an Aaron Rodgers or whoever you, you see come out of those divisions, they've got to get a quarterback and, and, the stuff that I'm feeling, the stuff that I'm hearing, Will Levis is moving up. and might be the number one pick in the draft, and I yeah. don't know if people are talking about that enough yet. But I think that's a that's a real possibility. As I'm starting to you know meet with clubs and talk to clubs and watching tape and being being able to meet with these young men too, actually draft prospects to kind of get to know them a little bit better. So all those things come together. You know, the draft certainly is its own animal. Uh, I think Will Levis has a chance to be the number one pick. We'll see, and we'll learn more in the next couple of weeks as we watch the combine unfold. But. Uh, In terms of the pro, it's hard to go against Jimmy Garoppolo just because he wins. I mean, I know he has maybe a Jimmy play here or there. I know he gets hurt a lot. But I feel like every time he's on the football field, I think we're good enough to win. And I think that's something that people need. So as much as it may not be the most sexy name or the best name, the guy's a winner. And the other thing I might do is I might throw a a third-round pick or a second-round pick to San Francisco and see if they want to get rid of that backup guy named Brock
3: Purdy. Yeah, but you don't know if he's, if he's going to play next year, but I do understand it. Um, is the Bryce Young hesitance just his size? In the Bryce
7: Young? No, I don't think so. It's the thing with Bryce Young is that as we start to get to measurements, as we start to get to meet him, uh, and, and I know you guys sit there and say, well, you know, there are small quarterbacks in the National Football League. There are you know, shorter quarterbacks in the National Football League. There's not a lot of quarterbacks in the National Football League that are 180 pounds. Right. And That's what I mean with size. I mean, he's
3: 180 pounds. He's tiny. I
7: don't care about the height because obviously Kyler Murray's proved it. Drew has proved it for decades. You know, the height thing is something that I think now the league has kind of gotten through. It's the weight. The weight is a real thing that you're sitting there going, yeah, and then, yeah, he played in college and he was able to do it because he's so elusive. It's just, it's it's only the weight. And I don't care what his last name was. I don't care what his first name is. I appreciate that he was at Alabama and he's a great, great player. It's just that you've got to sit there and say, is a two hundred and you know seventy-five pound defensive end coming from the bat blind side, is he going to play 17 games for you know two, three, four years? Or, or is he going to be a player that's always hurt? And that's what you've got to really kind of decide in your brain uh, what you want to give up, because the guy's an amazing young man. I mean, just amazing to yep. spend time with him. But it's 175 to 180 pounds, and you're not going to get him to 190, 195. I don't think or you're going to lose part of He's not going to feel like he's right in his body. So you got to get through that, and that's, that's the unique thing. Again, not the height. It's going to be the weight.
3: Uh, la- last thing, I know you got to run. We do too. Derek Carr was just officially released. Um, what, what would your eval be on Derek
7: yeah. Carr? You know, you say that, and the reality is, I know he hasn't been able to do what people expected him to do, or you know what he's been able to, you know, kind of relive his you know first couple of years in the league, where sadly got hurt right before the playoffs. Um, I'm a fan of Derek Carr still. I, I, I still think the guy can play. Uh, you know, you talked about who would be first on my list. Jimmy Garoppolo, I might put Derek Carr in front of him, uh, just because I still think a change of scenery for Derek Carr. Even though I know he's been from you know Oakland down to Las Vegas, uh, he's a type A personality that's a winner, and I don't think he's ever really had the surroundings that you know you really want. And I think if you're a Tampa Bay, I think that's right for the picking, and it kind of keeps the you know when you think about Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and you know you know Russell Gage should be there again next year. You think about the you know the receiving core around him. Uh, I think that's a really good fit. So, you know, if I had to pick, if I was
3: aggressive and I was Tampa, I'd be going after, I think, Derek Carr actually before Jimmy Garoppolo, as you said it. Mark Dominic, what a great asset he is to have on our program. I really appreciate it, Mark. Thanks so much. My
0: pleasure, Doug. Thanks for having me on, buddy. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
3: Sorry, guys. I can't help but think Night of the Rockery. The uh, the skit that became a movie. Of course. Got my head going to the side. Game time brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, boat, RV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle on the same. Progressive.com. Let's get to a game.
6: Game time!
3: This is game
6: time. It's game time. On the Doug Gottlieb Show. Dan, what's the game today? Doug, the game is. Rank up. All right, Doug, rank the five coaching hires that we've seen in the NFL. Whew.
3: Um, Okay. Uh, Number five is going to be Gannon and the Cardinals. Uh, the defense, obviously you got J.J. Watt retiring. It hasn't been particularly good. You do get Buda Baker hopefully back from the shoulder. But considering the showing they had in the Super Bowl, yikes. And you're not going to have Kyler for at least half, maybe the entire year. That whole thing seems like a mess. I'll put Gannon, the Cardinals at five. Uh, I'll put Frank Reich and the Panthers at four. I know he's had a bunch of success, and I think that's a pretty good football team. But I don't know who their quarterback is, and Reich is supposed to be the quarterback whisperer. So I'm going to put that at four. Number three, I'll put the Colts. Obviously, you don't know who their quarterback's going to be, but Shane Steichen, who has been there before, uh, was with Frank Reich, was with the Chargers as well. Uh, Shane Steichen's a a guy who um, I think a newer, younger quarterback whisperer as well. And I I think the Colts had a massive underachieving year. They'll bounce back next year. Number two, two, I'm going to say... uh, um, D'Amico Ryans and the, the, the Houston Texans. I think he's a great hire, a very a, a good dude they're all going to like. And the fact that he chose them over the Broncos is big. But again, let's be honest, they're in, still in rebuild mode. Sean Payton's the biggest hire because he was the biggest fish. Even though he didn't want the job, they had to circle back. Um, I, and I, I just love the fact that, you know, instead of confronting the Russell Wilson thing head on, he just did the whole, oh, what about his personal coach? Yeah, I'm not aware of that and then established, established his boundaries. That's, that's, that's the number one hire.
6: All right, Doug, uh, rank the three biggest plays from Super Bowl 57.
3: Uh, the fumble, scoop, and score was a big one. Um, I think the second walk-in touchdown was number two, where they were in the same play back-to-back. And then I believe the biggest play of the game was the third down stop by the Chiefs before their final drive. Uh, people keep forgetting that the Eagles had the football with a you know, and couldn't couldn't move the chains three and out. That third down stop is the biggest one of the game.
6: All right, Doug. Uh rank the uh three things that you love about the great state of Wisconsin that you're in right now.
3: Uh number three is cheese. I love cheese. Love cheese. Uh, number two is uh the whole Green Bay Packer thing like the bicycles, the training camp, and the communal smallest city uh, in the NFL. Love that. Uh, And number one is Summerfest. And uh, Dan Beyer can can equivocate on Summerfest at at a later time.
6: That, Doug, I did see James Brown at Summerfest once, is game time. Ah.
3: That's game, huh? Game time. This
6: is game time on the Doug Gottlieb Show.
3: So it is Valentine's Day, and... We do it. I got the head going. Thanks, Iowa, Sam. Now it's in my head. Now it's an earworm. Today is Valentine's Day. So we're going to celebrate Valentine's Day by talking about what we love or who do we love. We'll explain next. The Doug the Show, Fox Sports Radio. Infinity
6: presents a new chapter in luxury.